Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now for our featured speaker, Chloe Davis. So tonight, we're going to be talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, And the Holy Spirit laid this on my heart about a month or two ago. So I've been working on it for quite a bit of time. And I'm really excited to share with you about Mary, the mother of Jesus. We're getting toward Christmas time. So this is a timely word, and I'm excited to share it with you. Are you ready to receive the word? Great. Okay, so everyone who knows the story of the birth of Jesus also probably knows the story of Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. But it's important to be reminded of the simple things. And we will never hear a story in Scripture too much. And the Holy Spirit is always ready to reveal something new to us in the depths of the pages of Scripture that maybe we've read a hundred times. And so maybe we've read this story a hundred times, maybe we know it by heart, but the Holy Spirit's always ready to reveal something new because that he's given us his word for that reason. Okay, so tonight we want to I want to talk about Mary's humility, her willingness to learn, her obedience, her submission to God, her faith and trust in God in the midst of her humanity, and how her life has left such a beautiful example of how we are to daily live our lives for the glory of God. And so as we wrap up this year talking about the kingdom of God, we get to see how Mary lived her life daily in the kingdom of God and how she got to be a part of the story of the kingdom of God. So I have five points for you tonight as we trek through only some of Mary's life. Let's go. Are we ready for it? Sounds good. Okay, so first point, God used the unlikely to birth the king of kings. So Mary was a poor village woman who lived in a small town, a place so insignificant that it led Nathanael to ask in John chapter 1 verse 46, can anything good come from Nazareth? When it was time for Jesus to come to earth in the flesh, he did not go to a city, but to a remote and inconsiderate town, not a palace, but to a poor dwelling. And so this is how Jesus entered the world. He entered into a poor and desolate town. Not only was he born into a poor family, but he was also birthed by a woman who most Christian historians speculate was between the age of 15 and 16 when she birthed the Son of God. So back in the day in this, in this time period and in this culture, uh, young women would, they would start to have arranged marriages around the age of 12. And so they would start to get engaged or the family would start talking about putting people together at the age of 12. And sometimes it would be years before they got married. But by the time that Mary, the mother of Jesus, birthed Jesus, she was about 15 or 16, most Christian historians speculate. What's interesting is that centuries before Mary became the mother of the Savior of mankind, it was prophesied. It was prophesied in Isaiah 7:14 that a virgin would conceive a child and he will be called Emmanuel. And then it was prophesied in Micah 5:2, and these are only two instances of many. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it was prophesied that a ruler of Israel whose origins were in the distant past, so Jesus was even, you know, in the beginning. In the beginning, God created, God created the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, right? And so, whose origins were in the distant past would come from Bethlehem. Jesus was birthed in Bethlehem, and the people of Israel would be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor, until Mary gave birth. Jesus was a Nazarene, born in Bethlehem, to the Virgin Mary, okay? Centuries before Mary, the mother of Jesus was birthed in her mother's womb. God had her in mind to fulfill this assignment. 
And the prophecies were fulfilled through the life of Mary. Among all the godly Jewish maidens of that time in Palestine, why did God select such a humble peasant young woman like Mary? Why would he select her? Well, we see in Luke chapter 1, verse 30, that Mary found favor with God, and her response and her overwhelming joy that God would choose her, her song of praise, includes 10 quotations and allusions to the Old Testament. So in Luke 1, where she has her song of praise uh, to the Lord in response to being chosen for this assignment to birth the King, the king of Kings, her, her song right there, it, inclu- it includes 10 quotations and allusions to the Old Testament. So we understand that she had found favor with God and her song filled was filled with Old Testament allusions and that is strong proof of Mary's willingness to learn. She had grown up learning the Jewish scriptures. She had grown up learning the Old Testament and she was familiar with it. And so when she sang praises to God, she was singing his word. She was singing his word back to him, proclaiming who he is. So God uses the unlikely and he used the unlikely to birth the king of kings. Her willingness to learn and her position of humility, both by town and by age and by status, exalted her to a place of being used by God. God uses us in our jobs, in our schools, in our everyday lives to bring a glimpse of the King of Kings wherever we go. And he uses us as we remain humble and as we remain full of his word. And so Mary, she was humble, she was in a position of humility, and she was full of his word. So whenever she, ha- whenever she praised him, his word came out of her mouth. That is what happened. So we must be so full of the word of God that his word comes out of us when we speak, (laughs) when we talk to people, when we communicate with people. And so we must recognize that even we as unlikely people living in a small Jesseville, Arkansas, we are unlikely (laughs) to be used by God. But thank God that he uses the unlikely. Point number two, Mary's obedience to God brought heaven on earth. Literally, okay? So Mary being obedient to God brought heaven to earth because the birth of our Savior, and now we can encounter the Lord, and now we can boldly enter his throne because of Jesus' sacrifice. And so Mary's obedience to God literally brought heaven to earth. So Mary, she was an engaged virgin who became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though Mary was engaged to Mary, this would have caused an issue, right? So if, you, if you're engaged to someone and all of a sudden you become pregnant, and that's, that's going to cause a bit of a riff in your relationship. Even though she was engaged to be married, though, after the angel Gabriel had spoken to her, she responded in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And so even those thoughts of, oh no, what is Joseph going to think? You know, she set those aside and said, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. And it put her relationship, it put her future a bit on, on, the, uh, on the line. Joseph, the man to whom she was engaged, he was a righteous man. Scripture says he was a righteous man and that he did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he broke off the engagement quietly. Quietly, he didn't want to disgrace her. So an angel of the Lord comes to Joseph in a dream, lets him know that the child within Mary was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph is also told that she will have a son whom the people will call Emmanuel, God with us, and he is to be named Jesus, for he will save people from their sins because Jesus means the Lord saves. So when we say Jesus, we're actually saying the Lord saves. So cool. Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Okay, so Mary was obedient 
And then Joseph was obedient. So we see a mutual obedience happening to fulfill the will of God and to bring heaven on earth in Mary and Joseph's life. Not only in Mary and Joseph's life, but we see that their obedience has impacted generation after generation after generation after generation. And we're still speaking of their lives today because they lived faithful and obedient to God. Obedience to God in our lives allows his will to be enacted here on earth as it is in heaven. Mary responded with belief and a willingness to submit to God's plans for her life. Interestingly, interestingly enough, there's a story later in Luke where a woman tries to praise Mary and Jesus actually corrects her. It's in Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. This is what it says. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out. So Jesus is speaking and a woman calls out from the crowd, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Those who are doers of the word. Even though Mary was the mother of Jesus, she was more blessed for hearing the word of God and putting it into practice. She was more blessed for living in obedience to God. This is what this woman's trying to say. Blessed is your mother for for having you, for birthing you. And Jesus responds, no, blessed is the one who hears my word and puts it into practice. God exalted Mary positionally because she was given the privilege of being the mother of Jesus, but she was more blessed through her yes to God. We may be exalted positionally, we may be blessed positionally, but God will Bless us more through our yes to him, through our obedience to him. It's hard to imagine, but Mary and Joseph actually raised the Son of God. In Luke 2, and I know everyone knows this story, but we have to, we have to talk about it. In Luke chapter 2, when Mary and Joseph lost Jesus for three days, no big deal, you just lost the Son of God for three days, uh, it was a miscommunication, you know? Uh, they assumed he was among the other travelers. And so they're going home, and they get home, and they realize that Jesus isn't with them, and, and, and Mary looks at Joseph, and she's like, did you see Jesus among the travelers? And Joseph responds, well, no, I thought he was with you. And Mary he says, well, I thought he was with you, and then they lose the Son of God for three days, okay? Not a big deal, but kind of a big deal. <laughs> when I was in junior high, I actually, I got left at church, and my dad gets all the way home, and I call my mom, and I'm like, where, like, who's, I'm here by myself, <laughs> who's going to come get me? And we lived, we lived about uh, 30 minutes from the church we were going to at the time. So my dad was home, and so my mom calls my dad, and she's like, hey, is Chloe with you? And my dad's like, well, no, I thought she was with you. And my mom's like, no, she's still at the church. And so my dad had to drive all the way back to pick me up, right? So this is what's happening, though, right? Mary and Joseph lose Jesus, and they lose him for three days. (laughs) And it was because of miscommunication. They just thought he was walking among the travelers, and he wasn't. All that to say, though, God wasn't looking for a perfect mother and a perfect earthly father to raise Jesus. He was looking for a willing and obedient servant. And in fact, I'm sure they screwed it up a bunch more because they were human too, right? We're human, they were human. I'm sure they screwed it up a lot more than, than just that one instance that we see in scripture. I'm not sure about all the details on raising a child in uh, pre-first century Palestine, but I can't envision it looking too different than the day-to-day mundane things. 
eat your veggies, wash up for dinner. What's, what's interesting, if they, if they had told their children to wash up for dinner, they actually would have been coming inside and washing their feet instead of, instead of just only washing their hands, or they would have washed their feet and their hands. And so they would eat, eat their veggies, wash up for dinner, don't climb on that, don't touch that, stay by my side, don't talk to strangers. And of course, you know, Jesus did not stay by their side, and he did talk to the strangers in the temple. And so I'm sure it wasn't much different in pre-first century Palestine than it is in the day-to-day. And so Mary and Joseph were just being obedient and being a willing servant in the day-to-day mundane things. And Joseph, he had to provide for the Son of God. He had to work day in and day out when he wanted to and when he didn't. Mary and Joseph recognized, and this is so important and so vital to our faith, Mary and Joseph recognized that there was a holy work taking place as they live their lives every day, and we must recognize the same. Our lives are meant to glorify the Lord, and a holy work is always taking place day in and day out. And what I mean by holy work is everything we do has the opportunity to glorify the Lord, to honor the Lord, to magnify the Lord, and if we will just keep that in the forefront of our minds, that our whole life, it revolves around glorifying the Lord, everything won't seem as mundane, everything won't seem as day in and day out. It will be, but we'll recognize that we're doing it not for ourselves, but for the King of Kings. The day in, the day out, the mundane in the 100th, how are you? Does anybody get asked, how are you, like 100 times a day? You know, and you're like, how do I respond any differently than than good. Uh, In the hustle, the bustle of life, God is looking for willing and obedient servants in the midst of daily life who recognize that we are sent on a mission wherever we go and whatever we do to bring honor to his name. Third point, Mary's obedience led to her trials. Mary eventually had four more sons, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and more than one, scripture says she had more than one daughter. Uh, Now, these aren't the same James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon that you may think of uh, in other parts of scripture, everybody had the same name. I don't know why, but these were, these were, the, brother, <laughs> these were the brothers of Jesus, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. So don't, don't get them all mixed up. But this is, this is recorded in Matthew 13, verse 55, and Mark chapter 6, verse 3, that these, the names of these four other sons that Mary has, and then that there's more than one daughter. God blessed Mary by giving her multiple children, which in that culture, it was accepted as the clearest indication of God's blessing on a woman that she would have many children. But unfortunately, Jesus' brothers did not believe in Jesus as the Messiah prior to the crucifixion. Uh, And then after the crucifixion, only two of them did, and it was James and Judas. Mary submitted to God and birthed Jesus. She was obedient to God in submitting to him and birthing Jesus. But as her other children... Here where Jesus' younger siblings grew up, they did not know him as divine in the same way that she did. She knew he was divine because the angel Gabriel had come and spoken to her. It was very clear throughout her, through her life that she knew that he, that he was the son of God. Her children were divided, and somehow she had to be a mother to the son of God and a mother to her other children without showing favoritism, yet encouraging that they believe in Jesus as the Messiah. Because of her obedience to God, she had to face the inner trial of a mother when her other children did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. How do you live in obedience to God when those you love most, those you would give your life for, do not? It was Mary's obedience that led to this trial. If she had never said yes to birthing Jesus, then, then she wouldn't have had to face 
this trial, but because she said yes, her obedience led to her walking through this trial with her other children. It was Mary's obedience that led to this trial, yet she remained obedient. She continued in obedience. Because of her obedience, Mary was the only person to be present at both Jesus' birth and his earthly death, both in honor and a trial. To watch your son be born and then to witness his excruciating death, but doing so out of obedience to God. John chapter 19, verse 25, standing near the cross were Jesus' mother and his mother's sister Mary and Mary Magdalene. And even though she had witnessed such a hard thing, she still walked in obedience to God after Jesus' death and resurrection. In the upper room, she was there. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Our life will be full of trials, and many times they're that way because we choose to live in obedience to God. We experience the heartache of having prodigal children or loved ones. We experience the mockery and false rumors being spread about us because we have faith in God. We experience being excluded because of our faith in Jesus. We experience doubting or questioning God in the midst of loss. And yet, when we experience these things, we are still called to walk in obedience to God. Number four, Mary pondered the things of God in her heart. After the shepherds, they come to her this, at, more towards Jesus' birth. Uh, after the shepherds tell their story about what the angel of the Lord had told them, they come to her and they're telling her the whole story, what the angel, what the angel of the Lord had said to them. Said to them. This is what the word says in Luke chapter 2. Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. And then, after Mary and Joseph returned to Nazareth with Jesus after losing him for those three days, they come back, they have a little conversation, and he's like, I was just in, in my father's house. And the word says that Mary and Joseph didn't know what that meant. And then the word says in Luke chapter 2, verse 51, his mother stored all of these things in her heart. In a culture that is so quick to share everything and put it out there for the world to read, for the world to see, we must learn from Mary and store things in our hearts and think about them often, especially the things of God. So I, I teach junior high and high school Bible, and so we have conversations about social media often. And there is a social media platform called TikTok, and it's where you can post um, videos, from like 15 seconds to 60 seconds, and I think they've even upped the length of videos you can post. But people will get on it and they'll, they'll post videos, they'll video themselves and all these things. I don't even have TikTok, I just know about this because I'm around junior high and high school students all day. Um, but <laughs> there is this thing on TikTok and it's called Christian TikTok. And it's, a, it's on the social media app, it's on the pl same platform, but it is like a Christian side of it. And so if you type in the search bar, Christian, Christian TikTok videos will come up. And it's a whole thing. Um, it's, it's an epidemic that's taken over this social media platform. And so you'll have, you'll have younger, younger people, uh, Gen Z, 10 to 25, I'm, I'm Gen Z as well. You'll have Gen Z, people in that age range that will post what the Lord is speaking to them or post things about God. And you'll even have people that don't know the Lord who will post in Christian TikTok about things of God that they think are right. 
and really what people will do is they'll, they'll share what God has revealed to them in the word or they'll, or they'll share what, what God has spoken to them in, in a worship service or in church or whatever it may be. And it's for the purpose of bringing glory to themselves. And it's a, it's a thing. This is a, this is a steadily growing thing. This is increasing to use our, to use our faith as a platform for fame to use our faith as a platform for likes, to use our fame as a platform to be well-received and accepted by people. And that's not how God intended it to be. Our faith is meant to glorify the Lord. Our whole lives are meant to glorify the Lord. And so we, as a people, as a body of believers, need to learn how to keep these things in our heart and ponder them often, to think about them often. And to think before we speak, to think before we share, and to really consider, is this word for everyone or is it just for me and the Lord? Do I want to keep this intimate between me and God or is, is, is this for everyone? So to ask that question of the Lord. Okay, I have a number five. Fifth point, Mary's obedience moved the heart of God. If you would turn to me to John chapter two. I'll give you a second to get there. John chapter two. There's so many places to turn to in Mary's life that I can't have you turn to everything, but I will have you turn to this one. <laughs> John chapter 2, verse 1. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come, but his mother <laughs> told the servants, do whatever he tells you. So Mary had raised Jesus from birth, and now he's between the ages of 30 and 33. We know that's when his ministry took place, between the ages of 30 and 33 in his life. So Mary had raised him, now he's an adult, and he tells his mother, Mom, it's not yet my time, but she moves his heart to perform this miracle. She makes it his time. <laughs> she doesn't give him a choice. <laughs> she looks at those servants and she says, do whatever he tells you. Uh, and she expects, she has an expectant heart that he's going to turn around and tell the servants to do something. She's nurtured him, she's cared for him, and raised him well, and now it's time to release him, even though she has no idea what will come of his miracles, which will eventually lead to his death. She moves Jesus' heart to perform his first miracle. This was his first miracle, and Mary, his mother, moves his heart to perform it. John 15, if you love me, you'll obey me. A.W. Tozer writes, the final test of love is obedience, not sweet emotions, not willingness to sacrifice, not zeal, but obedience to the commandments of Christ. Good. Our obedience moves the heart of God because obedience is God's love language. It really is. If you love me, you'll obey me. We show that we love him by the way that we live our lives in accordance with his word, and it moves his heart. Mary in, this move, Mary in this moment moves the heart of Jesus because she had lived a life of obedience to God. She had nurtured and cared for her son, Jesus, and then she was releasing him to his ministry, which eventually led to his death. Overall, Mary was an unlikely woman to birth the king of kings. <laughs> she was the last pick. <laughs> you know how people pick, like, 
fantasy football or your football team, she was the last pick. She would have been last on the roster. Her obedience to God brought heaven on earth, literally, and it was her obedience not only to having the Son of God, but also just all the obedience that she took up to that point to be chosen and favored to birth the Son of God. Her obedience led to her trials. Because of her obedience, she experienced things that she would not have if she, if she had not been obedient to God. And so as believers, we must be expectant to face trial as we continue and persist to remain obedient to the Lord. She pondered the things of God in her heart so she didn't share everything with everyone. She, she took something from the Lord. She heard a story and she thought about it and she pondered it and she, she allowed that to create intimacy between her and God. And Mary's obedience moved the heart of God. Her words to Jesus at the wedding of Cana moved his heart to produce the wine for the wedding. In the same way, God will use us, unlikely people, in unlikely situations, in unlikely places, our obedience to God can bring heaven on earth in the day-to-day, in the mundane, when it's hard, when you've heard the 100th, how are you, in the day, our obedience to God can bring heaven on earth. We should expect our obedience to lead to trials. We should be encouraged to ponder the things of God in our hearts because it will create intimacy with the Lord and our obedience can move the heart of God. Will you stand with me as we pray? Thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, I thank you for this season, and I thank you that we get to learn about the lives of your people that are submitted and obedient to you, God. And I just ask, Holy Spirit, that we would, we would be encouraged this Christmas season to be obedient to you, that, God, your word says that if, if we love you, we'll obey you. And so, God, may our lives be marked um, by love for you in, in the way that we, that we walk out obedience to you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for tonight, and thank you for who you are. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.